the CHGO White Sox podcast. Coming to you live from Studio B of our CHGO offices. Here, oh, hey. hey. We were banned from B after Herb spilled a bunch of beer in there yesterday. Sorry, guys. Thank God. <laughs> um, coming to you live from Studio A of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. We got the full CHGO White Sox crew with us. Uh, that's Vinny Duber. You can follow him at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. That's Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him at Ecknerwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. You can follow the show at CHGO underscore White Sox. Sarah is our producer today. Hi. Hello. How are things? Good. Yeah. I like the weather this week. It's nice and cold. Always good. Uh, We are coming to you an hour late uh, just because Vinny was in a very important meeting. Uh, Very important meeting. I I, uh, clicked on the link in the email that was sent for the uh, Zoom uh, press conference. It's a very important email. Not a lot of people get that email. There you go. Exclusivity here on CHGO White Sox. Hey, uh, that's going to be our leading topic. Uh, Paul Iannish uh, is the new farm director for the Chicago White Sox. We will talk about Chris Getz and Paul's comments uh, to the... uh, assembled media uh today we'll also be talking about the 2023 world series champion uh texas rangers and uh, we're going to continue the november men series as it is november 2nd here the, the offseason has started sean and the offseason started that's it today is the first day of the offseason and the rangers won the world series and yesterday that's, that's, they did that yeah. signifies the end of the year so let's uh, go and we're going to uh, stuff can start happening as today stuff is happening and that's actually a great way to plug your <laughs> article uh stuff is happening and when stuff will happen uh you can look at Vinny's recent article at allchgo.com uh, and see the most important dates uh that uh will be you know uh, important to the white Sox. We'll, we'll show we'll get into that later as well i, t- I typed some out so we could chat about them here uh but yeah uh the offseason has started so how are you guys feeling i mean the offseason's started rangers are the champions any thoughts after 2023 just a big time surprise. If you would have told me at the beginning of the year, both the Rangers and the Diamondbacks would be the World Series participants, I would be like, no, nah, that's wrong because I got Bruce Bochy is coming to the team, but he's not going to make that big of a difference. Apparently he does. That guy knows how to win World Series and the talent there, even without Adolis Garcia from like three of the five games, pretty good. And they can chuck that ball. I mean, Nathan Evaldi, I remember last year, us – discussing about pitchers and that name was brought up and I was like yeah sounds good and that guy is just nails they just have a bunch of those people who just perform well Corey Seager of course and Marcus Simeon with a big time home run to cap off the World Series victory yeah it was good for the Rangers the first one they've ever had the uh, the Metroplex finally gets to celebrate a World Series championship. Uh, that's always cool when a when you can cross another one of those teams off the never won the World Series list. So um, that's pretty awesome. I, I had uh, two of my college roommates are big time Texas Ranger fans, so uh, mm. I'm sure uh, they're having a great time uh, these days down in Dallas. Shout out to them. Yeah, I can name one of them. It's the Padres. Oh, yeah. Uh, teams that have never won the World Series now. Uh, Mariners, Milwaukee Brewers, Padres, Rockies, and uh, Tampa Bay Rays. So uh, the Texas Rangers get out of that. Uh, what's the opposite of illustrious? Embarrassing. Embarrassing yeah. list. Um, I mean, they've been around since the 60s. Yeah, right. Well, there was a, a video that was going around of a guy crying after the final out, and uh, he was like, "Wow, you didn't." The wife, you know, makes a snarky comment, being like, "Wow, you didn't even cry when your son was born." Uh, and he's like, "I've only known him for twenty three years. I've known the Rangers all my life." Uh, so, I mean, that's the thing too. I mean, we, I mean, you felt it. I mean, the, that was the greatest day of your life, October twenty sixth, two thousand five, uh, when they broke that eighty 
eight-year streak. Didn't know Courtney then. And we haven't been married, and we haven't had any kids. So those two days will, I would assume, overtake October 26th. But, yes. Right now. I was a 12-year-old. I was like, I want to win a World Series. I wasn't a 12-year-old. I was like, man, I want to get married. Never was I a teenager. like, oh, married sounds good. (laughs) And here you are uh, with a World Series ring and maybe a wife. Eventually. Eventually. I don't want to jinx you. It's down the, it's down the road. <laughs> Knock on wood. Uh, all right. Uh, let's. You can stand me. That's fine. What's that? If she could stand me for another couple of years, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think you're going to be all right. Uh, just don't spill any beer. Uh, just just keep your, cell, your drinks upright. And That's what we'll she likes right. about me. My clumsiness. Your clumsiness? Mm-hmm. She likes spilling up messes and mm-hmm. uh, her couch is being all soaked. Oh, you should see her couch right now. It's ripped up because of me. Yeah. Unconditional love. Yeah. Exactly. Um, she accepts me as the slob that I am. Oh, mercy. All right. Uh, <laughs> we accept the White Sox for the slobs that they are. Uh, I know people, of course, are upset because the White Sox are the White Sox. Uh, but uh, Paul Yanis, uh, Paul Yanish, uh, I got to get my Dutch uh Worked out here, right? Janish would be Dutch. I'm assuming. I have no idea. You didn't ask him? Like what German? his heritage is? No. Could be German. That would yeah. be my guess. Yeah. I mean, you're getting to meet the guy. I don't know. I mean, maybe, uh, maybe he's Zoom, though. He's not like talking to him. He's like, hey, Paul, what are you? German? <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> no, I, th- I thought it was Paul. Uh, Paul the Janish. next question is from Vinny Duber with CHGO. Hi, Paul. Welcome to, to welcome to the White Sox. Uh, your last name, is that German? Dutch? I'll, I'll sit back and wait for your answer. Thank you. Bye. And then he would probably tell you a great story about his great great grandfather, you know, Jakob Janish. I don't know. Uh, Janish family name found in U.S., Canada, U.K., Scotland. So just a regular Anglo-Saxon. <laughs> okay. I don't believe that. Uh, anyways, <laughs> uh, let's get in. We don't know his heritage, but we do know that he now works for the Chicago White Sox. Um, I think the biggest thing that sticks out to me, another guy with major league experience. I'm glad you bring that up because that is that was hammered home. During the press conference. Oh, was it? Was it? The, one of the first things that Chris Getz had to say was, this is a guy who knows what it's like to be a professional baseball player. And, and, and listen, I will say this. That was something that the guys, the players on the White Sox, all said about Chris Getz yeah. when he was the farm director is, hey, it's, it's great to have a relationship with this guy because no, he knows what we're going through kind of thing. And so now you see Chris Getz get promoted to GM and he said in his introductory press conference, I bring a uh, uh, the perspective of a guy who played baseball. We talked about how few heads of baseball departments across the game have a guy who played Major League Baseball in it. And now, stocked throughout that front office are guys who fit that same description, at least at the higher upper end jobs in it, in Josh Barfield, in Brian Bannister, and now in Paul Janish. Uh, that was repeated over and over and over again during that Zoom was how beneficial Chris Getz and the White Sox and Paul Janish believe that his experience playing the game, playing minor league baseball, and playing major league baseball are going to help uh, the guys going up through the White Sox system know what to expect and, and get better get better treatment, perhaps. Paul Janish. treatment, but a better experience. Yeah. Right. Uh, and, and more development yeah. seen from, from that group. Uh, Paul Janish, uh, over 3,500 plate appearances in the minors. Uh, but, Sarah, if you want to flash this, uh, he also spent nine years in the majors. Uh, this is uh, now playing experience in the front office. Chris Getz had seven years in the majors. Brian Bannister, five years in the majors. Josh Barfield, four years in the majors. Janish, nine years in the majors. And, hey, even Gene Watson played a little bit in college. College I mean, ball. I don't, I don't think we could have said that for Rick, right? 
I'm sh- no. sure he did something. I don't know. I mean, but I don't. I did don't not remember. play college ball. No. Yeah, right. Yeah. So Club I mean, <laughs> I don't. I don't know if this is a, a signify a signal of that. I mean, obviously Kenny was a ball player. Yes. Um. So I mean, what do you make of you know now them bringing up the the major league experience, the playing experience, um, and all of these guys having experience that Chris gets is hiring. I mean, we saw it last night. CY, Chris Young, former Major League Baseball pitcher, won the World Series with the Texas Rangers. Before him, you know, his boss was John Daniels, a guy who was a sabermetrics type of guy, never played in the majors. But it, that shift is going that way. We see the Boston Red Sox take out Chris, Craig Breslow from the Cubs to head up their baseball ops over there. So I think that shift is going there in baseball, like the NFL and NBA and NHL are copycat leagues. And so they want to see, okay, more experience in the ballpark, understanding what the players are going through. You need both the smarts of like a Breslow and Chris Sketz, who went to University of Michigan, but also you need the experience for so you can know what these guys are going through on a day-to-day basis I don't know if it will work necessarily I'm good with anybody who is smart about baseball and understands what the 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 long-term plan is and I hope Chris has a long-term plan not just to compete in 2024 but it's good to bring in people who understand how to win baseball games and how to play in the sport that these guys are going to be doing yeah, Rick didn't play, but I wouldn't hold that against Rick for not playing Major League Baseball. I thought his baseball sensibilities were fine, average. His job performance was bad, but I don't think it was because he didn't know how to play baseball or he didn't play baseball in college. I just think that, you know, some of the things he fell short on. Now, will Chris do better than Chris, uh, Rick because he played baseball? I don't think so. I think that you know, the experience of Rick actually going through the contract system, going through being an assistant general manager, all the stuff he had to go through led him to be a general manager. Chris, being a Major League Baseball player was good, but I don't know if this experience in Major League Baseball for all these people is necessarily a positive on the White Sox side. Chris and the rest of the staff uh, apparently think it is. Well, it's, it's, it's one of those things you see – you see the uh, pendulum always kind of swing back, right? I mean, and no matter what you look at, sports, whatever, it always the, the the trends go to one way, and then somebody brings it back this way, and then it goes back this way. You bring up copycat; that's kind of the same thing. But how much did we hear about for the last ten, fifteen years? You know, all the nerds coming in from the Ivy Leagues, filling these front offices, and you know. Some of them did phenomenal work kind of thing. They're not gone. They're not, you know, it's not like it's like, all right, fire them all kind of thing and replace them with the guys who just retired kind of situation. But now you're maybe seeing that pendulum swing back where you're looking for guys who can can combine a little bit more. Say, you know what? I have that playing experience and I'm well-versed in all this new data and, and, and technology, that kind of thing. Let's merge that together and see if we can have the best of both worlds. Um, listen, when your job is relating to young players who are going through the minor league system and trying to make the major leagues, having a guy that that is directly in charge of the, that journey for those guys who has the experience doing just that, I don't see how that could hurt. Well, and I also feel a little bit better because Josh Barfield has 
direct experience just being a farm director. So does so, Chris Katz, obviously. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not like, you know, Paul Yanish, who uh, has never held held a position like this in Major League Baseball. It's not like I don't think he's, you know, being thrown out to the wolves here. Um, and also, too, I think this is fair to mention, uh, uh, Jim Margulis brought this up from Sox Machine. Uh, for the time being, uh, it merits a shrug and maybe a sigh of disappointment. And then in parentheses, or considering Bob Nightingale said Fra- uh, Frank Thomas wanted the job. A relief. Um, so hey, I'm I am happy that we're not talking about Frank Thomas, who also had Major League Baseball play uh, experience, quite a bit of it, uh, as the as the recent signee. I, and yeah, I don't think Rick. You know, I mean, Rick was here for 15 years. Rick Rick's leash, whether he played baseball or not, was up. Um, so I mean, I'm not trying to say that this is important to being successful in baseball. Um, and I don't even know if the Rangers won because Chris Young played in baseball, or if they you know just signed a lot of good baseball players. Um, it's just interesting to see this kind of course correction, I feel. Or maybe Chris Getz feels like it's a course correction because all of these guys have true playing experience and four of the five have major league experience. So if you are working day-to-day with these players, um, you would be able to con- uh, you know, conversate with them and be able to you know, instruct them hopefully better. Um, maybe what they got feedback from the players on some exit interviews and saying, mm-hmm. hey, man, it would be better to get some instructions from people who actually played. Or people who actually know what we have gone through. And, yeah, I can see players respecting them more with having the actual playing time. But also, you, as Vinny said, you need to balance that with some good analytics, some good uh, front office management. And you're, you hammered home with the Getz thing that he's never had this position, doesn't have the experience of being a general manager. I mean, now this is the same with Yanish. Does that concern you? <sighs> Not necessarily uh, he's at a lower reduced role and he's been around youth is like what the last five years six years with uh, rice his mm-hmm. uh, alma mater so he's been around people who understand the the waves of how baseball's played right now and so yeah i am not too concerned when he was named the guy i remember his playing career very briefly kind of a middle infielder that kind of played so it's that that guy that Jerry loves, the scrappy middle infielder that plays the game right type of thing, but I don't think he will be either a hindrance or a a big-time lift for these players necessarily because he didn't do this in the major leagues. He already has that experience in Rice. I think, you know, that was kind of the other big takeaway for me was, okay, why are you taking a guy from a college coaching job and putting him in this, you know, front office player development role? What Chris Getz had to say was that A lot of the stuff is based on the number of things you have to do in college baseball these days, right? There's so much going on with the transfer portal, with with all the name image likeness stuff. And then on top of that, you're trying to recruit guys. You're trying to, there's, there's so much more than just being a baseball coach, right? Like think of the bench coach of the White Sox, Charlie Montoyo, right? He doesn't have to do all that other stuff. He just has to be a bench coach, right? Paul Yanish is the associate head coach at Rice, and he's got, 800 different things that he's got to worry about on top of coaching these guys up, right? So I think in addition to, hey, what you mentioned, Herb, communicating, knowing what it's like for young players, you know, to uh, what they're doing playing baseball these days, relating to them. We just did that for however many years in a row with with Rice. And on top of that, he's just got experience, you know, to, to get more into just a regular old job term of it, multitasking, right? And so I think that uh, you know, I've, I've had it explained to me a number of times, and I think, you know, on the Zoom, it was outlaid as well, which is that player development, that farm director job is not as 
cut and dry as you think it might be, right? I mean, it's it's not like you're just like, all right, we need to turn player X into a major leaguer, and that's all I have to think about all day long. It's running you know, operations for five different rosters and, and dealing with all sorts of stuff, medical staff, that kind of thing. I think just the idea of somebody who's a good multitasker, and that's what uh, Paul Yanish was described as from his experience as a college baseball coach, uh, is something that appealed to the White Sox. Also, this is not a guy that they just kind of plucked out of nowhere. Uh, according to Chris Getz, Josh Barfield had been trying to hire Paul Yanish for years uh, over at the Diamondbacks, and Chris said that he and Paul had had conversations in the past about potential opportunities with the White Sox. So um, I think this is a guy who's been on several radars for a while, and uh, now he's finally coming back to pro ball with, uh, with, with the White Sox. We'll see how it works out. Obviously, I think um, – most folks would say he's got a pretty tall task ahead of him um, with the way the farm system has not necessarily been, you know, at the top of the list uh, uh, for the past several years here. Um, you know, that was a lot of your concern about Getz getting the yep. promotion that he did was, hey, let's evaluate the farm system. Is it that great of a farm system? Uh, the track record says otherwise, perhaps. Um, probably on an upswing from where it was, mm -hmm. you know, just even one or two years ago. But still, that's that's not something that's been given a lot of White Sox fans hope. So we'll see how it works out. He's uh, He's got a lot to go on here, but I think it is, gonna lo it is looking like it's probably going to be a little bit of an organizational approach to not just what we see at the major league level, watching that team on a daily basis, but what's going on throughout the organization as well. well and outside of Brian Bannister, all these three guys are basically the same thing, like journeymen, middle infielders. So I don't know if there's just a lot of respect <laughs> for the craft. Um, I, don't, I don't understand because, like, there isn't really a connection or a clear connection that connects Getz, Barfield, and uh, Yanish. Because I feel like Barfield brought up, like, I was kind of surprised that Chris Getz was calling me when he was hired. And then Yanish, obviously, you know, Chris Getz mentioned that he's been on uh, his radar. Getz has been, uh, Giannis has been on Getz's radar, but there's no, like, None of these guys played with each other. So, like, I, I don't know where, where that connection starts. I mean, that's just, you know, baseball. A, a true respect of the craft, it seems like. Yeah, baseball, baseball guys just know each other, just in general. They know who's the hot name. You know, that's kind of the thing. Paul Yannish? I mean, people were checking for him. Barfield was checking for him in, in Arizona. This is what I'm saying about Chris Getz when I initially, when he got the job. Who was checking for him? Who was calling him and saying, hey, man, we want you on the Houston Astros staff or something like that? No one was calling from that. I mean, publicly, no one was calling for him. But at least Paul Yanish, they already heard from, he said, Josh Barfield said he was trying to get him on the staff for a couple of years. At least he was a, a well-thought-of thought of guy. And Rice is a big-time baseball program down there. And so that's no joke. And he probably had to do some recruiting down there. He had to find talent, had to keep them in, in order. That's not a, a good job or not an easy job for a college baseball player or a coach to have because it's a lot of work, as Vinny says, with a lot of thankless work also. I might push back a little bit on the Rice thing. Uh, they were really good under Wayne Graham, who was uh, Paul Yanish's coach uh, from 1992 to 2018. They won Lumber too. They won the tournament. Lance Berkman, two thousand three. Yeah, the fighting Phil Lumber. You guys are getting rid of a segment I already had. I was going to have you guys name all the players from Rice University. <laughs> Throw Anthony Rendon in already. Oh, oh there you go. Uh, how about uh, Jose Cruz Jr.? He's the oh. coach now. He's the coach now. Yeah, yeah he's he's returned as well. Jose Cruz Jr. Um, JT Chargois. Anyone? I've heard of him. Yeah. He's... Brock Holt. Yeah. Andrew Benatendi's buddy. Well, and Jose Cruz Sr. is a White Sox. Was a White Sox? Yes, I believe so. Was so it? now you've got... Just Cruz, I think he was. So there you go. Maybe it's the... Well, I think he was on the 83 team, if I 
Maybe he played correctly. with Floyd Bannister. Oh my God. There he goes. <laughs> no, he didn't. You're making this up. It's a he was a Cardinal. He was an Astro and he was a Yankee. Uh, he didn't even play for the White Sox? No. Who You're talking about the up? senior or junior? Uh, senior. Okay. The one that played in 1983. Mm. Uh, junior played for Seattle, Toronto, Giants, Devil Rays, Diamondbacks, Red Sox, Dodgers, Padres, and Astros. That was his last team there. Uh, All the teams. I mean, mean, there's uh, Hector and Tommy Cruz. I don't know. uh, There you go. go. Uh, Tommy Cruz was a White Sox for four games. I bet I'm not thinking of him. Oh, okay. (laughs) We're thinking of Julio Cruz. Ah, there we go. Mm. Different Cruz. Ah, Hector Cruz, who had a little bit more lengthier of a career. He was a Cub. So, I don't know. Um, Juan Cruz played for the Cubs. Did Paul Yanish see any... uh, uh, what's it called? License plates that uh, were Possible. assigned to, to sign with the White Sox. Um, anything else interesting from the Yanish uh, press conference? Because when we were, we are getting to know him. Uh, I think it's interesting that they all have major league playing experience. It's just interesting to hear about the uh, the um, what's it called? The not micromanaging, but the the two tasks at once. His ability, multitasking. To, his ability yeah. to multitask. Um, uh, that's good to hear. But yeah, know. one thing he said that I think speaks more to what Chris Getz is trying to do, and we've heard this a little bit from from Getz, from other from other folks. I think Pedro has spoken on it a few times. Is that I I, I do think that they are seeing a need to establish an identity for the organization, and you know. Uh, Paul Yanish even used the term White Sox way, right? And and I think a lot of people can probably chuckle at that. You know, you remember the Cardinal way and how silly that kind of became. Um, but that being said, I think that they are viewing doing that as a positive and saying, listen, we need we don't have a top to bottom thing that what we're supposed to do. This is the way we want things to go. Whether that was present under Rick Hahn and Chris Getz wants to change it. I don't know, or whether it's something that Chris gets saw as just completely missing and wants to implement. I don't know, but we have heard a few times, hey, we need to push this way that we want players to play, a way that we want players to do things. Who knows how that ends up, you know, materializing itself at the big league level, right? Because That's it's like, because it, because it could just be like, well, you're going to end up, you're just going to get the best players. And who knows if the best players are all going to fit this, you know, <laughs> salute to the White Sox kind of thing that we want to do. But I think when you do are talking about a guy who's running the farm system, it makes sense because it's like, all right, what, what are you going to do, Paul Yanish, to make sure that the White Sox are competing at the big league level? If the idea is, hey, we are going to set this standard for the way that we want the players to, to perform and, and, and to play, then you know that the guys that are going to come up, if you're the manager, let's say, are going to be ready to do what you want to do. I don't know, you know, was was – was Tony LaRusso or, or Pedro Grafol when a guy got called up because of an injury? Did they know that they were going to be ready to do what they asked them to do? Who knows? Now the, now the White Sox are trying, at least, to put forth a situation in which they can be expect, those players can be expected to perform uh, the way they want them to. They could have a Paul Yanish come up and fill up a, any hole they need to. Utility man Paul yeah, Yanish, I mean, absolutely. J- Josh Barfield can step in and there you maybe go. not Josh Barfield because he's 40, but... <laughs> You're fine with Josh Barfield? I mean, there's players who are older than Josh Barfield still playing. I mean, and also, also I'll just say this too. Before, well, can I, I think I know. Go ahead, set it up. I mean, you already it. said the cardinal. I told you guys. Uh, you well, said the cardinal go. way. Yeah. Here we go. I mean, and then you mentioned them. I'll bring it up uh, because it was brought up. Here comes uh, the fire. <laughs> don't don't get mad at me. Don't shoot the messenger. Um, but what happened, Vinny? What happened? Uh, 
Listen, we heard back in August when uh, the White Sox uh, fired Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams that Tony La Russa was consulting in some fashion with uh, Jerry Reinsdorf as, as who to, to find a replacement, right? Um, I was told at the time, and remember this, this, this is important, he was not working for the team in an official capacity. Mm-hmm. But he is best friends with the owner. And when the owner calls his best friend to say, come hang out with us, what would your best friend say? Of course, sure. Paul Yanish said that uh, Tony La Russa has been sitting in on some front office meetings of late. And so I can only imagine how the fan base will react to mm. that. But I actually just got the direct quote emailed me, e- emailed to me. So mm. yes. if you want to react, go ahead. Sitting in is an interesting word there because, again, I don't know if he's officially sitting in or casually sitting in. But, Herb, um, before the show, uh, you flashed us a picture of Liam Hendricks and Tony La Russa in a booth at the World Series last night, and I find that interesting because obviously Tony La Russa and Liam Hendricks have a great relationship. That was, you know, Liam talked about that uh, before they even uh, he even signed because yes. of Tony's uh, Animal Foundation uh, and Liam's uh, work with a lot of animal foundations. Uh, him and Tony have, you know, been buddies. So I, I really didn't balk at it when you first showed me it. I was like, okay, yeah. Hey, they're in Arizona. Well, Tony, also, Tony used to work at Arizona. You know, so Liam I be- lives in Arizona. Well, I believe from that post, all the Clemente Award nominees were invited. Mm. So I believe Liam was there as one of the Clemente Award nominees. Because he po- in that same post, I believe the first picture is him with all the other guys, right? Mm-hmm. Aaron Judge won the did, award, I believe, yes. Did, but Did Tony win that award? Why is well, Tony, Tony used to run the Arizona Diamondbacks, yeah, right. as you'll remember. Yeah. So he could have been... Invited back to watch to that specific booth with Dave Stewart. Also, he's like hey, one of also of he's also a Hall of Famer and you know a uh, guy who used to work for Major League Baseball. He, I'm sure it's very easy for Tony Larusa to get an invite to the World Series. Like, is what a- I'm saying. Absolutely, no, hundred yeah. percent. And uh, you know, uh, it's it's good context that it was for the Roberto Clemente Award. Um, I don't know. I just I also know that Tony Larusa is somebody that also used to play Major League Baseball, and I don't know if that's maybe something that. If if Tony Larusa maybe isn't officially uh, consulting the White Sox, maybe he is unofficially consulting the White Sox, and that doesn't need to be reported on. I mean, this is the he problem. could be. I, 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 would you be surprised if Tony Larusa is pulling strings? No, I would not be surprised. Now, <laughs> this is a difficult thing for me to say because I've already shit on Chris Getz and his lack of experience, but I don't necessarily like Tony's eye for baseball now. Baseball's traveled past where Tony is. And so if he's sitting on the meetings, I highly doubt that Tony is just sitting there with his hands folded, sitting back, not saying a goddamn word. I've got it. I've got it for you here. Here's the quote from Paul Yanish. Tony La Russa is in some of our meetings, and one of the things he continues to impress upon us is the ability to control your mind and how significant the expectations are for players. Okay. Yeah. That's that's, well, that was the Tony LaRusso part. I can keep going. No, if you'd like, yeah. yeah. And no, it's like, you know, I'm sure he's going to be imparting his knowledge. And if he finds that Chris is not ready for the job or not saying something he likes, he's going to impart some knowledge to him. And guess who has Jerry's ear more than Chris gets? But why do you, well, again, what is this whole picture being painted of Tony LaRusso's secretly running the team? Like, I don't. Why? He's just. I'm sure Jerry asked him to go sit in on the meeting. Even, even then, I mean, like, that sounded a little less. I mean, that, what, what, the the quote that you just said. I mean, it sounded a little bit more. I don't know, less sitting in, more contributing. I I just I don't know. He was originally described by Bob Nightingale of USA Today as a as a consultant. Correct. Oof. 
That sounds I, like something a consultant would do, even if he's not working for the team in an official capacity, which is important to know. Even if Tony La Russa was successful with the White Sox, I wouldn't want him next to the person you're supposed to have leading you into the future. Because I think Tony La Russa's ideas are old. They're they're way past him. We're trying to move into the future. And so I that's the problem I have with Tony La Russa sitting in there. And that's the problem I have with, if I was Chris Getz, I'd be like, Jerry, man. I know I don't have a goddamn experience, but you can't have this man looking over uh, in that room because even if it is him consulting or if it is him being a, a ear to you, that is intimidating to me, and it usurps my power already. Chris Gatz. Yeah. If Chris, how do you how do you think Pedro Grafol feels? Yes, that too. That like I can't have this man here all the time Probably listening feels into our into our meetings. Like I got it. He's your man's, but. Let me do my job. If you hired me to do the job, don't have this dude in my in my sight to be overlooking what I'm doing in these damn meetings. I mean, I don't. I think if anything, Chris Getz would probably need to be sweating a little bit more because I mean, it doesn't seem like Tony would be able to handle physically. Uh, no, I know. But how would you how would you like it if the person who had your job before you was still hanging around? Talking about how to oh, do exactly. it, right? Yeah, that's, no, what that's, I get, what, that's what I'm getting. I mean, that's why yeah, we're right. having all this I mean, reaction. And now, listen, why is he here? I can think. I can. I can guess what the White Sox would say to this, and I and I think that it would make total sense when you have a resource like a guy who's got three World Series rings on on his resume, who's in the Hall of Fame. Why wouldn't you use it if you have the ability to use it? And that, on its surface, makes total sense, right? It does. And so, if that's the if that's the way they're obviously there are other things that people feel about this. And so I'm not expecting anybody's opinion to change because of that explanation. But I do think that if they think that that's what they're doing, then that is not wrong. How is it different than Kenny Williams being brought in as a consultant? That's, that's Tony LaRusso's son. He has what, 25 years of experience as a GM. I mean, and also too, I'm, I mean, not, I'm not arguing. No, I know. And, yeah. and, but even you bring it up that like Tony has former experience running the ash, uh, the diamondbacks. I think that Jerry Reinsdorf has the highest opinion of Tony La Russa out of any human being in the world. Ever. So I think that, hey, you know, Tony, we're in a little bit of a tumultuous time right here. We just lost 100 games. Why don't you come give us your thoughts and really, on the team? And really, in a perfect world for the team, he's supposed to be the manager. Yep. Right? He was yeah, still supposed to, yeah. yeah. I mean, the, it, yeah. Was the, it, was the health, it was the health issues that knocked, mm-hmm. that that brought an end to his tenure right yeah and i'm looking at that pitcher looks much more healthy than the pitcher we saw like the end of the year when he was in st louis where it kind of looked like he was a little frail looks like a little bit better maybe a better angle had well yeah, better I mean, angle he had been through cancer treatment he had yeah. been through yeah um so i mean hey at least he's recovered and in a better spot but i would like him to be in a different spot than the white Sox run office meetings that's just my thoughts we'll take a break and then we'll i think you have more thoughts i was gonna say he's gonna be in arizona just stay in arizona but arizona's where the gm meetings are gonna be at next week (laughs) (laughs) if you see tony la russa there i need you to like call me say hi to him i guess sure hey tony Uh, what's your your last name um english scottish (laughs) german okay good answer i mean it's a good question Mm -hmm. it's important uh no i mean hey ask ask italian that'd be my guess (laughs) good guess Uh, anthony la russa i think that's probably (laughs) italian um you know if you see him just ask him are you officially working with the white Sox? and how you how you listen i did that reporting last summer he's last summer he was not officially working for the white Sox. if i have to do an update on that i will (laughs) 
I'm, 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 I'm interested to see if there's an update because I feel like there's going to be an update. Uh, let's let you know about our good friends over at Empire Today. With Empire Today, you get shop at home convenience, the right product for your needs, quick and professional installation, and a low price guarantee. Empire Today is the best place to get new flooring. So of course they have copycats, but those copycats can't beat Empire on quality, service, and speed. Uh, and the one thing too is... Uh, Empire keeps shopping for floors simple with a curated product selection. So you are always getting the best product for your home. Their philosophy is to help you find what you need and not overwhelm you with thousands of choices and substitutes. What they leave out of our selection is as important as what they put in it. Empire's product team exhaustively combs through thousands of product samples each year to find the perfect styles. And you can check out their virtual floor designer. It's a great way to see new floors uh, and how they will look in any space you have. It's easy. Just snap a picture and instantly see how new floors will look in your room. And it helps you picture all of your current furniture in those rooms as well. And two, Empire services their own warranties. If you have, if an issue does arise, call Empire. They service all warranties themselves. You won't have to track down a manufacturer's phone number. So schedule a free in-home estimate today. All listeners can receive a $350 off discount when they use promo code uh, CHGO. Restrictions apply. See empire.com slash CHGO for details. And again, use promo code CHGO for $350 off. Uh, also, I want to let you know about our friends over at Circa. Tonight, we got some uh, Thursday Night Football, which is always good. Uh, and a nice way to entertain yourself. You also got Golden Bachelor. There's no lines uh, on that, though, for Circa. Uh, but Circa. Uh, there's a line at CHGO, though. The We have our own, like, fantasy league. Anyways, side note. Yeah. Sorry. But also, like, thing. what, there's eight people in that, and six of them missed an entire week? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, we kind of we kind of screwed yeah. that up. Anyways. Mm. Where, where are they at now? Are there four people left? Uh, there's, yeah, there's four people left. Two are going to make it tonight. No, there's mm. three people left. Two are going to make it tonight. Oh, boy. Uh, I, 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 there's probably lines out there somewhere. Uh, but the best lines for sportsbook betting is at Circa. Games will strive to be a minus 110 split on the Circa menu, unlike other sportsbooks, which may use a minus 115 or minus 120 split. That low hold model, those type money line splits are best for you, the better. Uh, why give a different sportsbook for the same line? your money, right? If you're, if you're betting on something that's minus 110 uh, at Circa and it's on a different sports book, minus 115, you're placing $25 down. You are going to win more money at Circa and more money will go back to you for you hitting your bet. And uh, Circa does not limit players on their winnings. Every player has the same limits, unlike other books who do limit winning players and Circa's customer ser- service is unbeaten. There are real people behind the Circa sports brands who resolve issues in a timely fashion, unlike other books who use chatbots and all other aspects of the bet of the app are being run by the same team that runs the main circus sports book at circus resort and casino in Las Vegas. So download the circus sports, Illinois app at circusportscom slash Illinois dash app. That's circusportscom slash Illinois dash app to sign up today. Also be on the lookout for circuit events, watch parties and tailgates. Our next one is on November 9th. So come visit the people at circa then on Thursday, November 9th tickets at all chgo.com slash events. And if you or some of you know, may have a problem with gambling call 1-800-GAMBLER 1-800-426-2537 text GMB 833-234 or visit are you really winning.com all right back to Paul maybe he's Dutch Janish um I don't know if there's much more to throw on there it, Tony LaRusse is just a bad name to bring up I mean it's just a sensitive subject and you know I I would personally like for Tony LaRusse not to be there but if it does lead to the White Sox having success in 2024 hey I won't scoff at it I just 
I don't think he's the right person to be there. I like Brian Bannister. I like Josh Barfield. I like Paul Yanish. I like Chris Getz. They're new. I guess Chris Getz really isn't new, but the other guys are new. Gene Watson, new. Tony LaRusso is the oldest of the old. I mean, he is literally on this this pennant. <laughs> he's on this pennant. He is. This and is Luke. As is Brian Bannister's dad. The, right. And, and Jose guys, Cruz's senior's dad. No, and wait, neither no, of you guys were alive at that time, right? <laughs> no. Oh, no. Far off from being yeah. alive. Jesus. I mean, it's just 14 years until I was alive. <laughs> and I'm 14 now. Um, <laughs> so, I don't know. I, I just... I, 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 I get it because it's Jerry Reinsdorf's team, but I just, I, I don't get it. Um, but hopefully Tony La Russa doesn't affect Paul Yanish's, uh, you know, ability to be farm director. Is there any other... Sarah was not happy with your placement. I'm, I'm so sorry. Uh, are there any other <laughs> spots open? Like, we, obviously, there's some coaching staff. So, the spots. coaching staff, yeah. So, I mean, and if you want to get into the what's yeah. next this offseason, we can. I mean, listen, I think they've hired a lot of the, the top guys in the uh, organization, but we'll see. Obviously, it was reported that the hitting coordinator in the minor leagues was, was, was uh, is not coming back Andy next year. Um, who knows? Now that you've got a new farm director in charge with to go along with a new general manager, maybe there's a little bit... Uh, more upheaval in the minor leagues who knows um but yeah that major league coaching staff uh there was a report from the athletic that uh the angels pitching coach is going to come on as the white sox new bullpen coach matt wise is his Mm name um we'll see if that's what ends up being officially announced uh but then you've got a hitting coach spot that is open First base coach is a little less pressing than the hitting coach, but to go along with the hitting coach, is there going to be another assistant hitting coach? We'll see. So um, obviously the offense has been just a glaring issue the last couple of seasons, so that's going to be a really important hire. That can be announced any time. I wouldn't, wouldn't be surprised. I think Chris Getz said that the, that's coming soon or something like that, so obviously not a specific date coming there. But uh, And, hey, both by the time uh, I'm leaving for Arizona – uh, next week beforehand uh, or before that really uh, we're going to know about the option decisions those are due on Monday um, we've already uh, you know we're already seeing some players who had options coming you know being discussed right now I think Max Muncy just signed a new contract mm-hmm. uh, with the uh, Dodgers but uh, the White Sox have to decide on Tim Anderson on Liam Hendricks the aforementioned Liam Hendricks and then uh, obviously the Mike Clevenger uh, contract situation is is going to be due at the same time, even though that's a mutual option, not a team option. Were you intimating that Liam and Tony's closeness might influence that decision of him coming back for next year? I mean, it's a good messenger, I think, for Jerry Reinsdorf to send to talk to Liam Hendricks if there is any decision or mulling over that needs to be done. There needs to be a nudge done, pushed in any direction. I don't think it's a bad idea for Tony to to do that with Liam if he's going to be the representative for the White Sox. Um, but I mean, it's better than Chris Getz because, I mean, Tony and Liam have, you know, a deeper relationship. Mm-hmm. But also, I mean, as Vinny brought up, he could have just been there for the Roberto Clemente Award. Tony La Russa could have just been there as the guest of somebody for Major League Baseball, and they took a picture because they're buddies. Correct. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, I, I, I am just, you know, I'm, I'm – What's it called? Theorizing I, everything. Yeah, I was, I was conspiracy. I was, theory. I was just thinking, yeah. but um, <laughs> also like, don't they have uh, the reassignments of Chris Johnson that has to happen? Getting they pitching. said they were offered positions. Okay, both uh, Chris Johnson and Kurt Hassler were offered uh, 
player development positions. We'll see if those are announced or, or have been accepted. Um, but obviously those guys can feel free to seek positions elsewhere. They're no longer part of the major league staff. Yeah, and make sure you check out Vinny's article at allchgo.com. He goes into the full offseason calendar. Uh, Sarah, feel free to flash uh, the the calendar that I, I sent you of important offseason dates. Uh, but as Vinny mentioned, by f- 4 p.m. on uh, November 6th, decisions on TA and Liam need to be made. After 4 p.m. on 11-6, free agency opens. Uh, and then November 9th, or 7th to the 9th, uh, Vinny will be in Phoenix for the GM meetings. Uh, then on uh, November 17th, there is the non-tender deadline. Uh, I believe the biggest one that you got to watch out for is Michael Kopech. Uh, I mean, I guess Dylan Cease. But I mean, those, be those guys will be <laughs> bad. Slam, I, I, I slam think, dunks. Yeah, I mean, they've got they've got eight arbitration eligible players this year. I think mo- I think probably six of them are, will be coming back. You mentioned Cease, Kopech, Andrew Vaughn, Garrett Crochet, Tuki Toussaint, just given the dearth of starting pitching. And then uh, Matt Foster, who was injured all year last year, but he's projected to make under a million dollars. Uh, the ones that you're probably going to see non-tendered, in my opinion, would be Trace Thompson um, and Clint Frazier. Look at you. Uh, I just did eight this for today. eight. Just did this today. <laughs> but also dome. remember too that it's a way to get guys off the 40-man roster as well. So if maybe there's just some guys on the roster who they don't feel like keeping on the 40-man roster. Granted, teams don't usually do that until they have to. Um, but if there is a reason that you know that's an early that's an early day this year usually that's in early december that non-tender deadline november 17th this year so um there's that and then also in december right you're about to get to the uh winter meetings i know but right uh during the winter meetings then will be the deadline to protect players for the rule five draft mm. so if on november 17th the white Sox are looking ahead and they say well that that kid is not on our 40-man roster. We need to get him on it before the Rule 5 draft happens uh, to make sure that another team doesn't take him. Maybe you'll see a player non-tendered at that non-tender deadline. All that being said, if they non-tender somebody in for that reason, it's not likely to be somebody who's going to generate a lot of headlines, I would imagine. But even then, I mean, we look at, at that... Uh that, that date in that area last year, the White Sox ended up acquiring Nick Avila uh, through the Rule 5 draft, and then the Giants DFA'd Gregory Santos, and that's how they acquired him through a trade. So uh, you never know who's going to become available and who might become important. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you even mentioned the 40-man roster. Uh, there's a lot of names on there that I don't know if are, are going to make it <laughs> to 2024 with the White Sox. I mean, you can even look at the bullpen. Uh, is Alex Spees really that interesting enough for them to keep? They just picked him up. Lane Ramsey's really tall. It's like grand opening, grand closing. Johan Ramirez. <laughs> Sammy Peralta, Luis Patino, Edgar Navarro, Davey Garcia, Declan Cronin. So there, there is some some spots that, I mean, you even bring up Trace Thompson and Clint Frazier. Uh, those are two spots right there that I, I would also agree on, on opening up. So uh, we'll see how many spots they have open, uh, at least on the 40, man. And remember, there are some available people when, if the White Sox drop some people off of their 40, man, to make room for a free agent, et cetera, people have done well. As you said last year, Gregory Santos coming to the White Sox. And in the World Series this year, Adolis Garcia got DFA'd by the St. Louis Cardinals. Texas Rangers picked him up in December. The rest is history. Good call. Yeah, um, I would. I would love an Adolis Garcia if anyone Please wants to bring one. You know, DFA him. Yeah, that'd be nice. Um, and uh, yeah, just the final other dates. Uh, winter meetings is Vinny brought up uh, the fourth to the seventh of December, and then. Uh, I think, as you mentioned, uh, there's just a lot of time then until spring training starts. Well, yeah, you know, I mean, that's there I could be more signings as well. That's the rest <laughs> of the offseason, basically, is all you can call it. But uh, listen, we're used to at this point the offseason stretching 
into the time camp is going on. We saw the White Sox sign Elvis Andrews on the first right. day of uh, sp- spring training last year give themselves their new everyday second baseman on the first day of spring training. So it's not like all this needs to be wrapped up by New Year's Day. It's not like all this needs to be wrapped up by the time those guys show up at Camelback Ranch either. Yeah, absolutely. And hey, too, I mean, just the the wild, wacky uh, way that the Machado and Harper thing played out. I mean, those guys weren't signed for a very, very, very long time. Uh, so uh, we'll, we'll see how this all plays out. Uh, and it should be a fun Exciting offseason. I mean, it'll, at, busy. It should be. Let's put it this way: it's going to be interesting, right? I, I, I think I always say that, but maybe I'm maybe my bar for interesting is low. I don't know, but uh, my I, I guess the, the way I phrased it today was. The White Sox just spent, and all of you, by the way, spent the last month watching other teams play baseball. Starting today, the White Sox are going to do some stuff, you know. So that right there is interesting uh, in itself. And they did, they Paul Yanish today. First, they did first stuff. First move. They, they, I mean, they needed. They were itching to get the Paul Yanish uh, uh, signing uh, made. Uh, excited that uh, they got him on Zoom immediately too. Uh, they didn't mess around. Hey, Paul Yanish is here. Let's talk to him. Uh, I, I like that as a content creator. There, uh, I just tweeted out the the Larissa thing, so I'm ready for my phone to explode. Oh joy! Oh, I'm uh, gonna retweet it and see, just let it go. Yeah. Thanks, Herb. <laughs> no, I'll, Thanks, I'll, Herb. Go, I'll go do the same thing during this ad break. Uh, I think <laughs> good point. Thanks, guys. Uh, let's let's retweet Vinny's stuff and tell you about our uh, our good ads, and then we'll talk about the uh, World Series. Uh, Want to let you know about our friends over at. Foco, uh, some of our lovely, lovely set decorations like this TA bobblehead in front of me. There's the Southpaw one over uh, Herb and I's shoulder. Go check out our friends over at Foco today. Gets fitted in the best sports gear around. They have hoodies, shoes, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between. Uh, again, their lovely set decorations have been uh, sent into us, and they got uh, some kick-ass peanut bobbleheads that look like they're sold out. I Those mean, they're sold out, but there's some more. Like, what's that one on the right with the guy with no face? No, that's the All-Star Game bobblehead. There you go. Yeah, very cool. Uh, you could uh, remember Luis Robert Jr.'s uh, All-Star season. He has a face. He does have a face, yeah. and he probably has a bobblehead on this website. Look at all those South You can get Southpaw uh, for St. Patrick's yeah, Day. You that, that Foco type of um, like Yoan Mancata type shirt right there in the middle. That one right the by black the, and white. Yeah, the black and white. Fest you all. I don't. You can't Mankata. get it. It's Yoan Mancata wouldn't be seen dead. But there are some good Not uh, swimsuits. Some good White Sox swimsuits on here you can get go check them it's out. about to be cold you could get the whole face thing now the gators sold out uh, the the neck one is good oh okay. yeah, yeah you're right. and you can get robes too for you and your sweetie that's oh, true for you and your sweetie yep. his and hers sucks robes <laughs> or, or whatever those things are hoodie hoodies yeah hell yeah and there's the robes over there there they are uh wow. go check Ooh, out look at those foco.com and all the robes uh at foco.com or click on or click the link in the description below for all non-presale items. Use the promo code CHGO for 10% off. Also want to let you know about our friends over at Game Time. MLB might be over, but there's uh, hockey. There's basketball. There's football going on. There's still a ton of sports happening in uh, Chicagoland right now, but Game Time isn't just for Oh, there it is. I couldn't find the read. Uh, for sports, it's also for uh, comedy, music, and theater near you. They have killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seats, and their best price guarantee. Game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets, so you just have to go to the app and search the event that you want and purchase tickets today. Look you at can, those affordable Bulls tickets. Look at that. I you mean, the first uh, all-tournament team, all-tournament game, like the NBA tournament, that's the first game that's going to be played. On the third? It, 
Well, tomorrow, yeah. Really? Yeah. Wait they're a gonna, second. They're going to change the season flo- tournament starts, starts tomorrow. Starts now? Yeah. yeah. That's the beginning of the season tournament. <laughs> yeah. And the floors are going to be different. It. It's going to be the sea red floors. Yeah. It, and did, and some of those just look like yogurts. Like some of them look like Trix yogurt uh, combinations. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Horrendous. <laughs> yes. I don't know what they were doing designing those floors and designing those jerseys. Why is the in-season tournament after they've played like two or three games? Why isn't it the, in the middle of the season? I yeah, I, I would I would think like those doldrums of like February, March, where you're just like, ugh, give me some excitement there. Maybe it lasts and then. I don't know when it ends by that. Uh, maybe or, I know it goes on the 17th. They have another game at home. Wait a second. The tournament games are, are spaced out yeah. in between yes. regular games? Yes, it, it, it's weird. I don't like this it's one. It's very game. odd. <laughs> it's going to take a lot to get It's so confusing. This. Yeah. And it, ugly, like it's not, it doesn't aesthetically. It's going to look like horrendously to watch, and you got to look up these floors. And I these saw the Bulls one. It's red, right? Uh, no, it's black. I thought it was red. It's a sea red. Oh, oh, the floor is red. I'm the so sorry. The red. floor yeah, is the red. Jersey. The jerseys are it's black. It's regular and says Chicago down the side. Um, and shout out to to Jackie. She says she's walking watching from Chico's room. If you want to give him a shout out, so shout out to Chico. Hey, Chico. Um, all right. Hope you feel better. Let's get in to. Um, I'm lost. Oh, I was in a game time read. You were. <laughs> See the view from your seats before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect for when you arrive. Uh, you know when you're buying tickets to that in-season tournament now to expect a red floor. You're also going to get the best deals out there. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event as well, and even an hour after it starts, it's the place to find last-minute seats. And as Sarah was showing off, you can find exclusive flash deals and sponsored deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and and more. There's also zone deals. You pick the section and game time picks the seats for an average of 18% savings. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets. Go get the best price tickets out there now. Download the game time app, create an account and use code CHGO for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code CHGO for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Yeah, it's like all 30 teams play. And then the, the final apparently is like December 9th. So it starts the November third till April. Yeah. So is it a bracket? It's every team plays, and then the top eight teams go into a knockout stage, and oh. then eventually you go to Vegas for the semifinals, and then the finals. Okay. So the seventh and the ninth. All right. It's very weird. Yeah, I don't like it. Bear, um, well, don't worry. The Bulls won't be in it. Well, I mean, they're in it. I mean, they won't be in the semifinals or finals. Quick shout out to Air Fordon. Fordon, I think I'm saying that right. Fordown. I think uh, he's going to be copying one of the socks bobbleheads from Foco, and Let's he'll be go. using promo code CHGO for 10% off. Good nice. job, Air. Shout out to Air. Uh, okay, final thing. Let's talk a little bit about the World Series, and let's uh, talk about Movember. Uh, what did we make of the Texas Rangers winning? I know you shared the uh, the stat. Teams were 25-4 and four when they out-homered their opponents, so, hey, that's a pretty good strategy. Yeah. Hit home runs and you can go far. Um, Do you score runs when you hit a home run? Oh man, at least one. Oh, at least yeah. one, huh? Yeah. Arizona, I think we're seven and one when they out homered their opponents, and so Luis Robert Jr. drive drove himself in forty two percent of the time <laughs> of his runs scored in twenty twenty three by hitting a home run. I thought you know um, it was a good, even though you know Arizona only won one game. I thought it was a good World Series, uh, competitive. That last game got out of hand, so did the one on Game Four. But you know, the better team won eventually because you're starting a man supply in Game Four, a reliever in Game Four. How do you expect to compete there 
where you're just not having enough starting pitchers to get through the World Series. And that's why I think Arizona just ran out of steam. And versus a team like Texas, they're going to punish any pitcher that's not ready for prime time. And so that's what happened. And I was surprised that Texas had this run in the in the playoffs. But now, in hindsight, I can see, yeah, that team was built and geared for a World Series run. So congratulations to the Texas Rangers and their fans finally uh, getting their first championship. A guy in, uh, I know Bryce from my um, lockdown days is very happy down there. Um, I wouldn't have expected it when I saw them last year. Yes, those two players are great, but they needed the surrounding people to step up, and they got great performances from Jung. They got awesome pitching all the way through. And remember, <laughs> they signed Jacob DeGrom to a big-ass contract. He barely pitched for them. Mm-hmm. And somebody, they're calling Jacob DeGrom the new uh, Ronald Acuna Jr., Still winning the championship, but hurt most of the year. So it's a good, it's a good gig. He still oh, gets a ring. I hope he comes back like Ronald Acuna Jr. and wins a MVP like Ronald Acuna Jr. is going to win this year. I thought they, I thought the game last night was great. Oh yeah, I mean the pitching was just just phenomenal. Yeah, Gallo, you've got a, you've man. got Evaldi dancing out of you know the D backs putting runners on base every inning, and then you got Gallon throwing a no hitter through six. Mm-hmm. Come mm-hmm. on now, that's exactly what you want. And then I get that the score was a little more lopsided. Obviously, once the game ended, that the lop, the lopsiding the lopsidedness being created against D backs closer. By the way, mm-hmm. been pretty good all year. Yep. Um, but really nice to see kind of that punctuating moment. From Semyon, right? Like, yes. obviously, if it would have finished one nothing, great game, dramatic. You know, you're holding on to the, the slimmest of margins. But I mean, to see the emotion from the typically emotionless Marcus Semyon rounding first base, pretty cool. Hit a homer in his first at bat uh, on April first, and I believe in his last at bat, his like 892nd at bat, uh, he he hits a homer on November first. So that's awesome. Yeah, really, uh, just kind of <laughs> uh, hitting the bookmarks there. Um, did you think, like, were you a White Sox fan or around when he got traded for Jeff Samarja? I mean, I, I was a fan, but, I mean, those were just so horrendous times that I wasn't, like, I would have never thought he'd in. been this player. When he got traded, him and Chris Bassett for um, Samarja, I was like, great trade. Awesome trade. Those guys that did nothing for the White Sox, they were fine. But those both those guys have done well with their career since then. And I would not imagine he would be this good this late in his career. I mean, it, that's just a credit to the A's. I mean, the, the A's saw what they saw, and they just were able to give him all the time in the world to develop. I mean, that's what the A's do. They develop players and then go be great somewhere else. He was kind of We're a, not paying you. He was not that great of a shortstop, I don't, I don't recall, as a White Sox. And then he, like you said, he honed on in his craft, and he became, I think, even a gold glover at uh, shortstop. So, I mean, his defensive war, at least on baseball reference, 0.5 with the White Sox. So, I mean, he wasn't, like, horrendous. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I mean, when you're 22 and 23, it's probably a, a tough transition there. Mm-hmm. I, the White Sox, I think, just overlooked what they saw. I mean, they didn't, they didn't see much, and no. that's that's detriment to them. Um, Seager, World Series MVP. It's his second. Um, this is from Jeff Pass, and the only other two World Series MVPs are Sandy Koufax, Sandy Koufax Bob Gibson, and Reggie Jackson. So that's a... Pretty, pretty nice company there yes. for Corey Seeker. Um, and then uh, finally, uh, want to let you know about uh, Movember. Herb uh, started this yesterday. Jose Valentin was our first player. Mm-hmm. Uh, now that it is the month of November, uh, we're going to celebrate Vinny's mustache and uh, all these players' mustaches. Uh, I don't have one. Herb doesn't have one. So I guess we really don't 
No. Really, again, again, I don't have one either. Yeah, Sarah doesn't have one, so, I mean, but we got, I mean, Dylan Cease had one. That he did? Uh, t- yeah, I mean, he does currently have one, well, to our knowledge. Kind of had the beard a little bit, and I think I think in 2023, like, he got a little bit lazy of, it's always, of well, shaving. It's always funny with baseball players, you notice this particularly with the manager, because you talk to him every single day. They, they'll go, the beard will grow, 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 and then they'll come back off the road trip shave. and then <laughs> shave right away. <laughs> and I think that was the thing. He was, uh, he was in the road uniform, yeah. so it was just him exactly. letting it the grow. The road uniform, the road beard. <laughs> uh, but our guy Dylan Cease acquired uh, with Aloy in the Quintana trade. Uh, can you, do you want to name the rest? You, you don't need to. Yeah, uh, Brian Matt, Flete. Matt Rose. There you go. Uh, I knew you guys knew him. Uh, and in Dylan's career, he's uh, pitched over 650 innings, 383 ERA, 386 FIP, uh, 11.7 career baseball reference war, 13 uh, career fan graphs war, and a 10.8 K per nine. Uh, and in 2022, when Cy Cease really showed himself, he was showing off that mustache proudly for the first time, 184 innings, 220 ERA, 310 FIP, 110 WHIP, 227 uh, Ks. He just recorded his third straight year of 200 strikeouts as well. And uh, 6.4 baseball reference war, 4.4 fan graphs war. Dylan is our Movember man, and uh, I'm excited to see him pitch in 2025. I think, uh, I think it was a tough year for him. Maybe with uh, the defense that Josh Barfield's talking about, all the guys that Paul Yanish is going to develop, uh, the defense will get a little bit better behind him, and he can go back to striking out 11 guys a game, and anytime it's hit in the field, they'll get him out, and he can throw, what, 27 no-hitters or something like that? Wow. Yeah, be in conser- one season. Yeah, be conservative. Okay. And maybe a better catching situation, too. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> I don't think it can get worse. Unless they sign Zach Collins and... Corey Lee. You've already put that out there. I did. Uh, I don't. I don't think that's going to happen, though. I think. I think we'd really need to be uh, screwed uh, to, to to get into a place like that. That's Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer, and he talked to uh, Paul Yanish today. Uh, so make sure that you're checking out all CHGO.com. He's got two articles already posted from this week, uh, talking about the hundred lost Rangers in 2021 and the hundred lost Diamondbacks in 2021, and how the White Sox might be trying to follow. Uh, well, they they are following. Are trying to follow uh, their their roadmap to getting to the playoffs. The White Sox, yeah, the White Sox yeah. are following the roadmap to try to get to the playoffs. Uh, two years after 100 losses, and he's also got the calendar, the offseason calendar, up there so you can get primed for all the important dates for the White Sox offseason. Uh, and you can check him out at Vinny Duber. That's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him at Actorwall23. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Thank you to Sarah. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Goodbye. Mm-hmm. Y'all silly like the mayor.